and welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. Y'all keep laughing at me because we're late. Better late than never. That's what my girlfriend always says. You're what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, but it had to be said. If, it would be more believable if you said your dad said it. My dad doesn't say anything anymore. <laughs> I know. Silent treatment, huh? Damn. Yeah, it's like talking 60, to a rock. Sixty seconds in. <laughs> That's a new record. I figure we got to get it out of the way before we jump into the oddness that John called me out for at the end of our last session. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. All right. You you can say that all you want, but cliffhangers are fun sometimes. And I haven't left you guys on a cliffhanger for a while. Yeah, but there's a difference between like a cliffhanger and then like So we're not gonna be uh doing it next week, so you have to wait two weeks. Look, man, don't look at me. The holiday schedule got fucked. I think the that term guy. you're looking for is edging. Yeah. <laughs> We all ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Last time on Fate's Split. Xander raised his hand as if he needed to say something. I'm wondering how many times I can interrupt you before you just tell me to leave. Please proceed. Last time on Fate's Split. The party continued their travels. Mm, no, that's not how I want to phrase this. The party wiped the floor with Favin and his allies, absolutely decimating the barbarian Goliath and Favin himself, lopping off his head, incinerating the remainder of his body, and impaling his head on the pommel of Gurn's glaive. After, after regaining themselves, resettling, and getting the goblins to calm down, the party began their journey south, away from the old goblin village, and back towards Interion, to the goblins' new, old, promised home. During their travels, a few minor mishaps occurred. During one of his watches, Moss heard the, w the flapping of giant wings in the sky above the cloud line, and the following day, they saw what they could only assume was the aftermath of the goblin village being burned to the ground. A day or so later, during his rest, Vice had another nightmare, this time dragging him into the watery depths of the ocean, where he had a strange and vague vision of what whatever this wheel he now holds may represent. When we left off last, Moss on their third or fourth third during their third night's watch, Moss decided to awaken Kada his recently summoned mount to have her help him during his watch as they were trying to camouflage the caravan from the dragon 
that they assumed was still out there. During this watch, Kata called out to Moss, saying that she felt something within the earth. As Moss looked up into Kata's eyes, he saw a glint of light, which then flooded his vision. And that was where we left off our last session of Fate Split, and where we will pick up this session. Moss, as your vision clarifies, you find yourself in the realm between where you have conversed with the Watcher of Life and Death so many times before. But as you look around, you see that the realm has shifted. When before the ground beneath your feet was in constant flux between verdant fields, verdant fields and desolate wasteland, you now see only ash. As you carefully step forward, your eyes lift to meet the familiar, sourceless waterfall, but even that seems wrong. For one thing, the water seems to be falling upward, disappearing into the gray, cloudless sky above. The waterfall appears to be rising from a small pond on what seems to be the only section of earth with any life left in it. To the left of the waterfall, you see Kada, curled up and resting on a large, moss-covered boulder. As you approach, Kada opens her eyes to look at you, but does not lift her head. What would you like to do, Moss? That's unfortunate. Had that guy's name written down somewhere. Apparently that page fell out. With the name of the Watcher? Yep. Would you like me to give it to you? That would be helpful, yes. Luminoctus is the name he is most recently known by. Okay. Well. So you said Kata's looking at me? Kata is resting on a rock to your north uh, northwest. Uh, she remains curled up on top of the rock, but has opened her eyes and made eye contact with you, but she is not stirring from her position. Okay. Alright, so I'll... I'll, I'll look around and see if I can see the bird flying around. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check. Oh, that's the first one of the night. Uh, 25. As you look around, you do not see the corvid-shaped form of the Watcher of this realm. However, from above, you hear the faint flapping of wings. As the sound grows closer, you notice that the flapping is erratic. As you train your vision on the source of the sound, you see that the half-dead raven flying down to you, you see the half-dead raven flying down to you in a chaotic circle. As the bird grows closer, you can see that the bird is no longer bisected by life and death. The dead side of the bird has almost completely overtaken its body leaving only a few feathers at the tip of one of its wings. This bird is rapidly descending in a chaotic pattern. Luminoctus, what's wrong? There is too much death. We need to speak. This is why I've called you here. Suddenly the bird crashes to the ground at your feet. 
I'll bend down and pick him up. As you pick him up, he kind of shudders, and you get a closer look, and this bird is almost completely overtaken by death. He kind of shudders a bit in your hands and looks up, and you hear, I am sorry, Moss. I am sorry for calling you here so suddenly, but I needed you to see something. What, what is it? Do, do you see this waterfall? Look, yes. look closely. Look closely at the water. We'll move a bit closer. Okay. Eh, stop. He kind of waits for you to get right up to the water's edge. And then I'll look into the water. As you peer into the waterfall, you notice that each droplet of water, as it rises up, has a faint light within it. Some drops have several points of light, while others have only a single point. Uh, I'm not sure what this means. Each drop of water represents the lifespan of a creature of this plane of existence. As a life is created, so too is a drop of water, and these drops of water fall from above as the life is lived. Some fall faster than others, some intertwine before they end, but all must reach this pool. Where we are right now is the underside of that pool. After a life passes on, it must fall to begin the cycle anew. But please, look here. The bird shakily lifts its wing and points its feathers towards a small cluster of water droplets hanging just inches from the surface of the water, with minute strands leading down to the water surface. The light within these droplets is dull and gray. These lives remain unmoving. They will not return to the cycle, caught in a place just after death, but still clinging to life. This has created an imbalance. You cannot be certain what these creatures are, or where they are hiding. But the longer they hold on to a deathless life, the greater this imbalance will come. As he says this, he raises his wings up again to kind of... Be, to, to make it more poignant that this imbalance is, is directly affecting him. Gotcha. So you don't know... have any idea at all where they could be? All I know for certain is they are not far from you. They are somewhere nearby. At the very least, on the same continent you're on right now. Do you have any clues as to how I might be able to recognize them or track them? Something? Some, something tells me you will recognize them as soon as you see them. What happened to your village? It's happening again. I've been watching these droplets 
and for some reason, every time, they hang here. Hundreds more disappear from the cycle. Whatever they are doing, however they are killing, it is preventing the souls from re-entering the cycle. It's preventing the souls from being reborn. That's... It's definitely not ideal. How often has this happened? Your village was the third time it happened. Since then, it has happened four more times. Definitely find them quickly. The Watcher just kind of shakes in the palm of your hand as if he is very weak. I'm going to, just to see if it works, I'm going to try and pump, pump a, lay, a point of lay on hands into him. Interesting. Only a religion check, just real quick. Twelve. That's fine. As you are holding this almost entirely skeletonized bird, you gently place your hand over its rib cage, and you try to transfer some of your magic, your healing magic, granted you granted to you by this deity, by by this entity itself. And as you do, you begin to feel a sort of feedback. As you try to push the energy into it, it pushes back. I appreciate what you're trying, Moss. But I... I... Your power is granted by me. And I... If I could cure myself, I would have already. I, I thought that might be the case, but I figured I'd try if I could. For now, just throw me into the pool, please. Get muscle. Like, not like throw him, but like... Oh, how does it hold him like a bird that you're trying to help fly and like up into the pool? Okay. As you do, your vision, he, he flies forward, not flying, but tossed. Um, and he just kind of falls limply into the center of this pool of water as the water droplets rise upwards around him. And he just kind of sinks into the pool of water. As he does, your vision goes completely white and then re-clarifies and you seem to find yourself on the correct side of the pool. The waterfall now in front of you falling downwards. The earth and the, the land around you constantly shifting between life and death and decay and creation. 
Kata remains to your side, now resting now resting on soft grass. And as you do, the bird comes bursting out from the waterfall above you, restored to its perfectly bisected self. Thank you, Moss. I try not to stay on... I, I try not to stay too long on either side of this balance. Where we are right now is the midpoint between life and death. What I was showing you was the dead side. I had spent a little bit too much time there trying to study those souls that seem suspended in death. I'm glad you, uh, you called for me and that I could help. I'm glad you listened to Kada. Honestly, had I spent any more time on that side, I, the balance may have been completely thrown off, and then well, who knows what would happen. I'll, I'll do my best to find and correct the balance. And need me again. Reach out through Kada, or is there another way you can do it that I would know. Did you notice that Kada and I share a similarity? Specifically, this voice you hear. I did notice you guys sounded fairly similar. Kada was created by the magic I granted you. Therefore, she is an extension of myself, drawn from the powers of this realm. As such, she is a direct line to me. While I may not be able to answer immediately, it is certainly more convenient than trying to communicate by focusing on a brand and meditating. Definitely true. Anything else I can do for you, or...? Now that I am on the proper side of this realm, I will recover quickly. Take care of Kada. I... I will. I... I plucked her soul specially for you. She's already saved my life, so... Can't well, let anything happen to her. I don't want anything to happen to you. You are charged with my responsibilities on your plane now. And I would rather my emissary not be felled so easily. Sorry, uh, I didn't even see it coming. You may not have, but I have always got an eye on your droplet, and you are sinking very quickly towards that pool. And so I told Kada to try to take you out of harm's way. And if only for a minute, 
Your droplet hovered only an inch from the surface until it was pulled back by, I assume, one of your friends. I'm not... Guess I know it was probably one of them, but I don't really remember what happened. I wouldn't know. As I've said, I only see the span of a life. I do not see the contents within. I should probably get back and inform them what's going on, so... Yes. Start taking a look out. I understand. If... If I see another flux, another moment where these death-drawn souls are taking more than they should, I will try to inform you. Thank you. He kind of nods his little bird head and flutters off and up towards the top of the waterfall. And as you watch him disappear, your vision whites out once again, and you find yourself standing in the tundra where you had originally been doing your rounds with Kata. At about this time, you're not entirely certain how much time has passed. However, as you turn around to face the camp once again, you notice that Celine has just begun to stir, and you believe that your watch is beginning to near its end. as she always tends to wake up about half hour before the end of second watch. Turn to Kata. Thank you for bringing me there. We were both called by him. Plus, I, I might not have known if you hadn't helped me see as he mentioned he and I share a connection when he needs you he will reach out to you through me nice to have a almost straight connection with him it's I vaguely recall as you were casting the spell to summon me and he plucked my soul from that stream. He told me that I would serve a purpose. Perhaps this is that purpose. Perhaps. time will tell I suppose so speaking of time I am cold I would like to get back to the fire now yes we should head back and she begins kind of leading the way back to camp as her reptilian body is far less acclimated to this 
When we get back, I'll throw the blankets and stuff back on top of her. And she gives, once again, that low purr and kind of nestles under them next to the fire. Vice, where are you sleeping? Decided that I wasn't going to be a smartass. Um, I'm propped up against one of the wagon wheels. Okay. Moss, as you... As you on the inside? Yeah, like on the inside of the circle. Like not oh, inside the wheel. I was under gonna the carriage. say, like, are you sleeping under a carriage right now or some shit? No, I'm propped up on the inside of the circle against one of the rear wheels. Okay. Moss, as you and Kata approached the camp, you would have seen Vice sleeping leaned up against one of the wheels of the carriages. As you glance over at him, you notice something strange. The ground around him is water liquid water just up up you know a five foot radius around him liquid waters on top of the tundra and he's just sleeping peacefully muscle noticed that but seeing him sleeping peacefully and it not seeming to affect him Probably just going to leave it alone. Okay. Celine, as you come to, you also notice Vice once again sitting in a puddle of water. And you see Moss and Kata returning to camp. And you watch as Moss covers Kata in blankets as she curls up next to the fire. So after coming to and realigning my spell slots, I'm going to make my way over to the fire to warm up and eat one of my rations. Okay. Are you standing in Vice's puddle? Or are you standing off to the side of it? I'm going to stand off to the side of it, but kind of like stealing glances at Vice every once in a while and the Make sure he's okay, at least. Make sure it's not affecting him or anything. He appears to be sleeping peacefully. Eyes are shut. You know, chest is rising. Rising and falling slowly. Just appears to be in a deep sleep. Alright. But I'm not too concerned either. Moss will walk over and sit next to Celine. Just point over to Vice. Guys, got some uh, weird shit going on, huh? Blue skin. Yeah. Water when he sleeps. Yeah. Not quite sure about the blue skin thing or the water thing. We've talked a little bit briefly, but haven't really gone into depth about what's going on with him. As long as he seems all right, I'm not too worried about it. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Did a have a conversation with my watcher this evening? Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, not great. What 
going on? <clears throat> Apparently... There's a group of people that... Well, I guess the best way to put it would be... Aren't alive, but aren't dead. Oh. And they seem to be slaughtering towns. Yeah, I could see how that would be a concern. I wonder if Mind and Watcher knows anything about it. I, I don't. But it seems when they slaughter these towns, souls of those people get stuck there. Disturbs the flow of life. That's probably the best way I can put it. Yeah. Apparently, they're somewhere on this continent. So, he asked if we could try and find them. Yeah, it's definitely worth looking into. Unfortunately, I don't think my watcher would know anything about that. She's the creator of life, so... I can ask her next time I meditate, but I don't know what I'll, if I'll get any answers for you. It might be worth bringing up at least, but... I'll definitely bring it up with her. I actually meant to ask you about your brand. What about, what about it? You've mentioned your watcher, but you haven't really... Well, I was more so wondering what your brand means. It, from what I've been able to piece together, the watcher of life and death keeps the flow of all of that going. The balance. As he put it, balance. But if that balance is disrupted, who knows what, what could happen. Uh... Do you know why it's a crow? What's the symbolism of that? Why not any other creature? Actually, never thought to ask. Uh, kind of a good question. I'm more so wondering because well, my familiar is a raven. So. Just curious. Moss, in your head, you hear Kata's voice. He says it was ironic. A living creature feeding on the dead. It was a form he chose to make your visualization of him easier. Hmm. Uh, 
apparently he just thought it was an easier way to appear to me. Fair enough. I'm just curious. I meant to ask you for a while, but I just didn't know how to exactly ask or how to approach it. I should probably go and get some get some sleep and then talk to everybody in the morning. Yeah, definitely. I can watch until the next person wakes up. I'm not sure who is next watch, but I'll I'll stay awake. Thank you. Did we discuss who was supposed to take third watch? I just assumed Celine was going to. I think I think we just decided Celine was going to. Okay, I couldn't remember if I was or not. Okay, that's fine. So I'm also go over next to Kata and get some more sleep. All right. As you go over to Kata, she actually unfurls a little bit. And even at your size, she is significantly larger. And she kind of unfurls a little bit and allows you to rest, like kind of leaning against her body. And she curls her tail around you. Hell yeah. Yeah. Celine. She's a big old cuddle wizard. Kind of cuddles. It's a cuddle paladin. <laughs> it's a cuddle paladin and his mount. Adorable. Yes, it is. Celine, if you could roll perception for your watch. Oh, I actually had a question. Um, yeah. Is it possible for me to turn into my piece of nature before or do I have to do it after? You can do it whenever you'd like. If you want to do it as soon as Moss starts to go down, scare the shit out of him when you do it, have at it. I figured I'd wait until he's, like, away, and then I'd transform myself into the Beast of Nature. He's taking his rest within the circle of the caravan next to the fire. So if All you right. want him away, you have to get away. All right, I'll take a couple steps away then, kind of distance myself just so I don't scare the shit out of him or anybody else. All right, we'll assume you walk outside of the perimeter of the caravan and you expend a wild shape to turn into the beast of nature? Yes. Okay. And let me just double check something real quick. Come on, computer, catch up. Service unavailable. Fuck you. There you go. All right. Do you have the beast's uh, character sheet already pulled up? Yep. Yeah, good for you. It's not loading on my end. All right. Yeah, go ahead and roll perception. I believe it's at advantage. Oh, I'm doing better. I got a 23. 
right, with a 23, the beast of nature's focused senses are its hearing and smell. While its nighttime vision is reduced from what you are used to as a drow, you can hear every little skitter and breeze. You can hear the bits of snow falling from distant trees. And with that perception roll, you can even hear the beating of owl wings in the distance, something that is supposed to fly silently. During your watch, you hear no threats. However, about a hundred yards away from the camp, you do hear the distinct sound of cloven feet, hooves, hitting the tundra. Um, are they coming towards us or away? No, they, they seem to be moving parallel. It does not sound like a threat. You know, this isn't rushing towards you or running away from you. You just hear the distinct sound of hooved feet. Slowly walking through the tundra. And that's, you said that's a hundred feet away? About a hundred yards, 300 feet. If it's not an immediate threat, then I uh, I might just leave it alone. Okay. Because, I don't know. It, can I move with that with my limited speed, or how does that work? It doesn't appear to be moving away from you. Okay. So, yeah, then I'll, I'll go investigate, just out of curiosity then. Are you going to do so quietly, or are you going to just waltz right up on it? No, I'm going to go stealthy. Okay. Go ahead and roll stealth at disadvantage if you are going to leave your bioluminescence active and flat if you are going to turn off your bioluminescence. Because remember, this beast glows green. Yeah, I'll turn that off then. Okay. So as you go, as you go quiet, go ahead and roll stealth. I got a 15. It's good enough. As you creep forward, carefully stepping around branches that might make sound, you see, as you get closer and closer, you see about 50 feet away from you, you stop and you see about 50 feet away from you, a large deer trying to graze on whatever it can find beneath the snow. Can I go attack it? You're going to run up and attack it? Yeah. What is your movement speed? 40 feet. You wouldn't quite be able to get to it in your current round with your movement speed. Okay. Um... I'm just, I guess I'll just sit and watch it, see if it moves at all. Like, if it stays in that spot for a while, I guess. Okay. So as you crouch down and watch it, for a good two to three minutes, it's kind of hovering in the same area. It seems to have found a patch of green grass 
that it can eat that just happens to be poking up through the snow. It doesn't appear to be doing much. Do you want to try to sneak forward to get a little closer? Yeah. Go ahead and roll another stealth check. Is that a flat? Yes. I got an 18. Excellent. You are now within pouncing distance, if you will. Okay, I'll go pounce it then. Go ahead and roll to attack. That is a 14. That's high enough. I assume you're leading with your teeth? Uh, I was going to do claws. Oh, okay. Because if I'm pouncing, claws would be first, I feel like. Technically, yeah. Alright, so as you sneak up behind this deer, you get closer and closer and closer very slowly, very carefully in your feline form. And then you jump forward, pouncing onto the back of this creature. And you are already twice the size of this deer. Like, it's a large deer, but you're a larger cat. And you land hard on this creature, digging your claws into its back and chest. And as it hits the ground, it lets out a loud squeal that echoes through this canyon. And then it goes silent. And you watch as the snow around it darkens as the blood pours from its body. Congratulations, big cat. You've hunted your first prey. Rar. <laughs> as the form slowly transforms back into Northam. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> Um, am I able to either pick it up or drag it back to the campsite? Uh, with ease. With your okay. ability, your strength, and your size, you wrap your jaws, you clench your jaws around its neck, stand up straight as if this thing weighs nothing, and drag it back to camp, leaving a trail of half-melted, blood-soaked snow in your wake. I'm just gonna drop it close to the fire and then kind of just lie down and start eating bits of it. Raw? Well, yeah. Hmm. Good kitty. <laughs> <clears throat> Is there anything else you'd like to do for your watch? No, just making sure there's no threats. Okay. As you keep your ears peaked, you do not hear anything. You don't smell anything approaching. Every once in a while, you kind of reach your head over and bite off another chunk of flesh. And this, the sky begins to grow lighter. I would like you to roll a d20. I got another 14. Okay. As the sky begins to grow lighter, the clouds dissipate, and the sun begins to come up over the horizon, the sky, a twilight blue, shifting to a lighter blue with hints of pink. You see thin cirrus clouds streaking throughout the sky, reflecting the, the faint sunlight as it tries 
to crush the mountains behind you. As this continues, the first to awaken are the horse drivers who wake up from their little bed rolls at the front of the carriages. And one of them stands up, looks towards the campfire at the center. And he sees Moss curled up with his giant dragon mount. And he looks over. And he sees a big fucking cat <laughs> taking chunks out of a deer. <laughs> Just kind of chilling next to the campfire, and he screams at the top of his lungs, What the fuck is that doing here? And you hear clamoring from every one of the carriages as all of the goblins have been awoken. Both of the drivers, Markry, any party member who will even react to this, he is sounding the alarm. There's a big fucking cat right in the middle of the camp. Um, just so I know, how long does my beast of nature last again? Uh, right now, six hours. Okay. And your watch was two and a half. Okay. And you didn't dismiss it. Okay. Yeah, I know. So, I don't <laughs> think Moss has seen this form. No, I don't, I don't um, think so. I think during was... your encounter with Favin. Oh yeah, that's right. I did change into it during Favin. I you think did he was it unconscious. Right at the top of your turn. You weren't unconscious by then. However, you were otherwise occupied. So Yeah, cuz you were I want to say you were chasing Favin or being uh, for some reason you were in the storm while Shattengern and Selene were facing off with the Goliath. I feel like you were trying to get at the caster. I was. So Which you, means... yeah, you would not have seen Selene's form. But... Which means I wouldn't have either. No, you Because I was have. in the storm that entire. Yeah, that entire you wouldn't have time. seen it either. The only, so really, the only people that have seen it are Shatten and Gurn. And Kata. And, well, yeah, and Kata. Because Kata was fighting alongside of him. Yeah, she was. All right. You'd notice the color scheme of the. I'm gonna roll for that. I was gonna That's say, sick. please feel free to react. I'm trying to sound an alarm, and y'all are just sitting here like, "Well, I guess." Well, I'm trying to figure out. Vice is on okay. his feet and is prepping the firebolt. <laughs> oh God. Ah. Uh, the uh, color scheme has her color scheme in it, right? Yeah. Yes. Standard standard color color scheme where uh, gray silver fur with a purple sheen. Yeah, I and rolled high enough I would have noticed that. Are you Celine, when the alarm was sounded, you would have lifted your head. So anyone facing her would notice the imprint of a black raven within her fur. Uh right at her collarbone. Vice wouldn't. I rolled a one <laughs> just for a fucking logic and reason check. Not straight out of a nightmare. He's not going to fucking know what's happening. Yeah. So, Vice, <laughs> as you awaken, 
standing in another puddle, having just endured the same nightmare you had had the night previous. Sitting in front of you is a giant fucking cat now looking around as one of the drivers has called out that there is a predator in the camp. Heather, I'm sorry. (laughs) Here is a a firebolt. (laughs) Heather, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's a nat (laughs) one into a nat 20. Oh, shit, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll your damage. Yeah, I... I don't know where I put my spell cards. It's been so long since I've played this character. You just finished a long rest too, so you were at full health. I yeah. Well, oh, in this fuck, form, I was. That's twelve points of damage. Okay, Celine. Okay. Your beast form takes twelve points of damage. Vice, you watch as your firebolt flies forward. Impacts perfectly. Right right at the neck. Like right where the neck meets the shoulder. And it singes some of the fur. Celine, how do you react? Uh she's gonna let out a very loud growl. And she's gonna change back to her regular form. This is why you warn us what you can change into. Fucking hell. Oh my god, Celine. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm so fucking sorry. You were a cat. Like a big one. Voice, the, the colors. Look at the colors. Moss, the nightmares. Look at the puddle. That's not piss. Holy shit. Did not know you had nightmares. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. Hi, I'm I'm Vice. I have nightmares. That would, I guess, explain... I don't get cold, but I turn blue. We're gonna have to uh, figure this out at some point. I'm sorry, sorry, Vice, for scaring you. A little freaked Um. out. My new form was a gift from my watcher. And I decided last night, since you were all sleeping, it would be the best form to change into to keep an eye on things. And then I decided in the middle of the night to go hunting. So I got deer for everybody for breakfast. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shatton. What are you doing? Speaks comes out of the uh, the wagon and you know, sees all the commotion. She's Celine there next to the dead deer. Oh, breakfast! What's everyone excited about? I swear to God, you couldn't wake her up with an explosion. <laughs> you can flush her out with one, though. He's gonna oh. hop on down and Make her way over to the deer. Oh my I, god. I have to say, Celine, that's a pretty badass gift. Yeah, I was not expecting it. But it comes in handy. Mm. Badass gift. 
Yeah, and was actually the first one to see it. And I kind of freaked her out when it first happened. That seems to be a, a trend. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting it when it happened. It just kind of happened. And all of a sudden I knew I was a cat. And Chad was screaming. Oh, we're talking about that. Yeah. Feel, feel like I'm too young to have my heart hurt like this first thing in the morning. Oh. Um, have the drivers calmed down at this point? Are they still freaking out? Um. So, yes, <laughs> both drivers are currently standing near the heads of their respective carriages, wielding swords with both hands. And just kind of breathing heavily, watching you all talk. A little <laughs> freaked out that the giant six-legged, two-tailed cat that was just sitting there eating a deer has suddenly turned into the drow that they've been traveling with. They're just kind of trying to process this. They're not really sure what to do. I'm going to turn to them and apologize. Um, I'm sorry. For scaring you. I should have warned people that I, I do that. You fucking think? A little warning <sighs> next time. The fuck? Yeah, I'll work on that in the future. Fucking glad I packed extra trousers. <sighs> <sighs> and they put their uh they put their swords back into their little holders behind their seats on the carriages. And the one you were just speaking to rummages around for something within his pack and walks away behind a tree. The one you weren't speaking to pulls out a knife and approaches the deer you were eating and starts cutting away flesh from the areas your mouth didn't touch. I mean, I was mostly probably eating from like the neck area and stuff like that so most of it was okay yeah no he's just, he's actively avoiding your bite marks because he doesn't want to catch whatever you have fair enough why the fuck wouldn't you want to catch that <laughs> STDs aren't Pokemon John you don't have to catch them all Gurn what have you been up to <laughs> Gurn is sleeping Ah. Through that? Oh yeah, he doesn't Hard. give a shit. I believe it. Yeah, I no believe that. that Gern. I believe that Gern half woke up, heard what was going on, rolled over and grumbled and fell back asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he like popped one eye open, <laughs> looked, saw Vice launched the fireball, <clears throat> and rolled back over, looked the other way. And now he's going to get up and he's going to walk over to Vice. As you get up, a cascade of goblins falls off from around you. <laughs> he's going to walk up to Vice. You now turn like sleep. 
Yeah. You do. <laughs> was was that the the end of that thought process? It was just letting me know that you like sleep. Kern. Don't want you to again. I wasn't the one that yelled. Y'all don't bother. Fire boom. <laughs> and with that, Gurn's going to shove you a little bit. Gurn's pissed that I defended myself. <laughs> uh. Alright, fine. Fuck off back to sleep then. <laughs> what? Bitch. <laughs> Gurn didn't actually say that, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> In that voice, that was beautiful. <laughs> Alright. All right. Gurn is going to remove the heart from the deer and take a bite. Well, that's happening. Moss is going to walk over to Vice. Vice, we, uh, we need to talk. Then he's going to like start walking away from the camp. Fuck. Vice is gonna. Vice says that <laughs> and follows Moss. Oh, what's going on? You look troubled. A little bit. Besides the fact that, you know, I just hit an allied square in the chest. Apparently that form is pretty potent. Didn't really seem to do much. Yeah, it was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Anyway. So, you remember probably a week or so back when I told you about my village? Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, had a talk with the, uh, Watcher last night. Apparently, whatever's doing that, whatever did that to my village, is doing it on this continent. Has done it before, or is currently? Currently. Hmm. Okay. Asked that we try and find it, but figured I'd let you know because, well, your village is on this continent. You see as Vice's inquisitive look is just lost on his face. 
and it goes like to a look of concern. And as in the in the month that you've been traveling with Vice, uh, you know how pale he is. And somehow in this moment he looks paler. Vice, how many points are you at right now? Goose egg. Okay. Good. Didn't want to, you know, freak you out, but I figured you should know. Well, that's... That's cause for alarm, Moss. After we get the goblins where they're going, we should get to your town as fast as possible to make sure everything's good there, and then... can oh. figure out what's going on. <clears throat> There's only, only so many corners to this continent, so getting us there around does should I roll history to know if Ice knows that there's a mountain range between us and his his town? Northam uh, did mention that there was a lake no, and a mountain. You know that there is a long ass mountain range between okay. where you are and your town. <clears throat> and as has been uh, mentioned a couple of times in passing, your, your your path from, say, Interior to Sheraton, you would have to circumvent the lake that is that that takes up like a quarter of the continent just south of the mountain range. Well, the there are only so many corners to the continent, and. We're going to be traveling a lot of it to get to Sheraton, so we may even find the problem before we get there. Let's hope that that's what happens. Probably be the best case scenario. Beam did mention that there were tunnels. Maybe some of them could get us there quicker. Eventually. But we'll see. And if that's not a viable option, then we'll be on the road for a while. And again, hopefully we can find this before we reach Sheraton. Or, alternatively, after, and it's not in Sheraton. Could, could you do me a favor? I can do my best. I've, I mentioned to Celine that this existed, but I didn't tell her that it had anything to do with me. I don't really plan on telling anybody else. Could keep that between us. I would appreciate it. Does, uh... Does Shatton even know? She knows something happened. She doesn't know my entire town was wiped out. Just that both my parents were dead. Well, <clears throat> Moss, with all the things that I'd love to share with you, I hope this isn't a fate we both have to share. I hope so as well. But, uh, yeah, that'll stay between us. Absolutely. Thank you. And 
Moss will turn and start walking back to camp. Vice is going to stay there a minute. Okay. And after maybe a minute or two pass, he'll turn back and head back to the uh, caravans. As you both, in your own respective turns, return to the caravan, you find that the deer, with the help of whomever decided to jump in on it, has already been divvy divvied up and parts of it cooked and distributed to the various peoples here. And it seems to have served as an excellent breakfast for all involved. Would anything else like to be done before you begin today's travel? Can we get the forecast one more time? What was the weather like that Celine rolled for? Sunny. I must have missed that. Sunny with gentle clouds. Like very thin, wispy clouds. Not enough to actually block the sun. Ah, uh, so not like arrows. No. All right. Are we assuming standard positions? Gurn at the lead. Celine assisting. Shatten on top of the middle carriage to keep watch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anyone who would like to keep watch, please roll perception for the day. Okie dokie. Current. Sixteen. I got a fourteen. Vice is too preoccupied. And Shen. Uh, hold on. Things loading up. I think I believe it's a sixteen. If I remember off the top of my head correctly. Oh nope, eighteen. Sorry. 18. Okay. Fairly good all around. Would anything like to be done during the day's travel? Just keeping a good eye out for any threats. Listening. Okay. Um, out of curiosity. Yes. Jocelyn, I meant to ask uh, uh, Moss's mount. Does she have saddlebags or is it just a saddle? What's the uh... uh right now she has a ramshackled harness to pull the cart of goods. She does not yet have a saddle. Okay. Okay, okay. Just curious. Thank you. Did did Shatten want to sit on Kada? No, just wanted to know if it had saddlebags or anything like that. No, right now all she's got is the harness that attaches her to the to the cart. Okay. Don't try and steal from my dragon. Oh no, I've it's a big tried. old predator. I'm gonna steal from it and piss it off. Yeah, no, she had no intention of stealing from the dragon. Okay. With anyone watching. 
She's gonna put <laughs> potatoes in the set in the saddlebags. Probably. Bips or and bops and things to annoy Vice with. Ah yes. That wonderful addition to the bag of holding. Anyway. As the day progresses, you all keep a keen eye or ear out and detect no additional threats throughout the day. The sky is clear. You no longer are able to see a plume of smoke on the horizon from behind you. And you surmise that at this point, either the fires have gone out or you're just too far away to see them any longer. As the caravan moves forward, you find it is now somewhat easier to travel. The snow thins out, the tundra softens a little bit to regular packed earth, and you've begun to travel on what would seem to be a underused road, much like you had traveled on before. The carriages now will have an easier time traveling, and your movement speed will no longer be hindered. But as you reach the end of this day of travel, the, the drivers and Markry all suggest that once again the caravan be camouflaged. For they still have fear of the dragon that may or may not have flown over two nights past. I, I think that would probably be a good idea. Better safe than sorry. So at your, at your confirmation of this suggestion... The three of them set out to find whatever they can to try to camouflage the carriages. Not as easy this time as there's not as much snow to work with. And the trees have thinned out to maybe one or two every couple to a few hundred feet. So there's not much they can use to camouflage at this time, but they, they do their best. How... How far? Well, Gun, if we maintain our current pace, we should be arriving in Interion about the end of the day, two days from now. <clears throat> so, I figure about two more days of travel and we should arrive by nightfall on the second day. I uh, had estimated a bit longer for the travel, but um, with you taking the lead, you, you seem to be able to uh, guide us a bit faster, finding routes around dangers and, you know, avoiding the, the, the big marshes and areas where the snow has been melting a bit. <clears throat> I, I, need, I must thank you for your guidance in this. I, I feel like we may have been out here for at least four or five more days had it not been for your assistance. Well, we did this once. Uh, this is true. You have traveled this path a, a couple times now. Certainly okay. more than I ever have. <clears throat> Kern just need goblins safe. And we are certainly doing our best to make sure that they are kept safe. Uh, j just so you know, I... um. While you all were resting the night before we left, and uh, 
a bit that morning as well. Uh, I made a few arrangements for your family when we arrive in Interion. Uh, some some comforts I might be able to offer them instead of. Well, I might as well come out with it. I I felt bad for inviting them home and then asking them to live in the caves again, so I figured I'd leave it up to them. Uh, Favin's house and a couple of other abandoned houses from miners who have since been well, either killed or abandoned this, the town. Um, we have buildings they could stay in if they if they wished. Uh, um, shop for Kent. Uh, that may by that may be arranged. We have three or four buildings that are effectively abandoned at this point. If if Kent wants to take one of the houses and set up shop, I mean, it would seem he's well fairly well set up to do so. I, I have no problem with him setting up a shop in town. Might bring more people in. Hell, we could sell our gems right <laughs> right from the source instead of shipping them out. <clears throat> so yes, if Kin wants to start a shop, we can... Well, I mean, the buildings we have are, are, are designed to be homes. I, I suppose he could set up a temporary shop and then we could work on building him a proper one. When we have the land, there's no sense we can't expand. Goblins, be good, team. Uh, I appreciate your vote of confidence, I... Kind of hoped we might be able to work together with them. <clears throat> you will. Gern's going to pat him gently on the head. You Thank see you. his head, like, get knocked down a couple inches with every hit. Uh, you're welcome, Gern. Um, I'm still a bit weak from that poison. <laughs> you're... Got a heavy arm. Uh, how did you bulk up like that, living up on the mountain all by yourself for so long? You get good at hunt. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> Are there any animals left on that mountain after you got through with them? Um. On paths. There are animals on paths? They move in time. You mean like herds, traveling, mm. migrating? Gurn, mm. Gurn, no. So you tracked their migrations. Mm. All right. Why didn't you just come out and say that? Um... Kern's right. going to shrug his shoulders. Right. A man of few words. Well. For now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure if you spend enough time with these folk, you'll, uh, you'll pick up on a few more. Kern knocks on his head. Dude, it bothers me that that sound actually came from your head. <laughs> I gotta commit, dog. 
dude, that hurt my forehead. <laughs> kind of felt good. Yeah, okay. Well, um, so yes, thank you for guiding us. I'm, uh, well, I'm exhausted from driving that carriage, trying to keep up with you, so, um, I'm going to go relax for a bit. Perhaps have some of that venison that Celine hunted last night. Gurn, still have huh, here. And Gurn pulls out a little bit of the heart from his pocket and hands it to him. You drop it into his hand and it lands with a light squish. And he just kind of stares at this half of a deer heart with clear teeth marks on it. Um... Thank you. He just kind of stares at it for a solid ten seconds. Would you be offended if I cooked it? No. Oh, all right, then. I just need a stick. I'll hold it over the fire or something. Gurn hands stick out to him. I, it, no, smaller, pointier. Oh. I, I don't even think I could lift that. How are you holding that with one arm? Like you're literally holding a maul that is half the size of his body. That is an impressive stick. But, um, uh, allow me to rephrase. I need to find a twig or a branch. Something I can use to pike the heart and hold it over the fire to cook it. Thank you very much for the meal. I, um... I'll take my leave. And he just kind of walks away and he continues to hold the, ha- the heart in like an open hand, just kind of a little bit away from him as he does so. But he does come back five minutes later and you see him walking towards the camp with a now set fire and he is trying to drive a small branch through the heart with intent to cook. Would anything like to be done during this evening, or shall we begin watches? Um, what is left of deer? <laughs> Given the volume of mouths that this has gone into, not much. Well, I'm more so asking um, about the fur that was on the deer, as if it's still intact or not, or if it's been shredded. The deer was cleaned this morning okay if you wanted to keep any of the fur fats bones any of that we could say that you collected some of that while it was cleaned during the morning okay i will do that then all right it's not difficult and it won't require a check because there were a few people that aided in cleaning the deer with intent to salvage as much usable meat as possible to feed the, you know, 55-odd mouths that there are here. Okay. So, whatever you felt you needed to take from the deer, you can add to your inventory. Mm.
three molars, one eyeball, and three pinches of hair. That should do well. All right, well, she types that in. We doing watches, or would anything else like to be done during this evening before watch begins? I'll, I'll take first watch. Then we'll do second watch. And who will be taking third? I will take third. All right, Moss, you are taking first watch? Yep. All right, go ahead and roll me a perception check for your watch. Twenty-four. Excellent. Is there anything you'd like to do during your watch before we get into it? Not really. Okay. Your watch goes without incident. Between you and Kata, who stays up to help you with this, uh, you don't see or hear anything. The night is silent, and you feel as if the chill in the air is lifting. Warmer air seems to be blowing up from the south, and as your watch progresses, the night continues. You expect everything to get colder and colder, but it kind of just holds steady. As your watch comes to a close, I will watch. Go find Gern, who I'm guessing is covered by goblins. Uh, at the moment, yes. Thoroughly covered. But you can identify where he is, in which carriage he is laying, by the unusually tall mound of goblins. Can I find, like, his foot or something sticking out of the mound? No, but you see stick. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll wake up one of the goblins close to the top of the mound. <laughs> what? Can, uh, can you wake up, Gurn? It's his turn to take watch. But he's warm. He's also trying to keep you safe, so go wake him up. I don't wanna. Ask Lint. Where's Lint? Oh. Fair enough. Gurn, wake up. I'm gonna say this very loud. <clears throat> Probably waking Gern up all the other goblins. Gurn stands up instantly. Thirteen goblins are jettisoned from the backside of the carriage. <clears throat> Sorry. It's okay, it's just cold and wet. Whatever. They all just kind of clamber back into the carriage around you as you step out of the carriage. Was one of the goblins ejected off the one I woke up? Yes. As he goes past me, I'm just going to look down at him and go, and that's why you wake him up. I don't care. Now I'm gonna be cold and wet. You wouldn't I be. Could have stayed warm. Up. Whatever. Okay. 
Okay. Mas. Sleep. Thank you, Gern. <clears throat> and Mas will go over to where Kate is laying down now and go hang out with her and go to sleep. Okay. She does the usual thing where she unfurls enough for you to crawl in and wrap up with her. Gurn, please roll perception for your watch. I believe this is the first one you've ever taken. And I rolled an eight. Amazing. Is there anything you'd like to do during your watch? Gurn is going to first... He's going to be posed like on the edge of the fire so that he has a shadow that he's paying attention to. Okay. And he's going to first have Glaive out, because this is the weapon that he's most familiar with. And he's going to be shadow dancing and fighting with, with the Glaive. And after about 30 minutes of doing so with Glaive, he's going to set it down and then pick up Stick and proceed to try and entertain himself and be as fluid as he was with Glaive. It's not easy. Glaive is lighter, longer. It demands fluidity in your movement, where Stick is brutish and very heavy and blunt and just wants to smash. Gern's going to... try a different approach with his practice here and he's going to take into concept that the head of this weapon is where the majority of the weight is so he's going to try and use his own personal weight and offset that and and kind of do like a a spin dance and 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 just get a feel for the weapon in that in that type of a sense using the weight to counterbalance his weight Okay, I'd like you to roll an athletics check. I just rolled a crit. Perfect. As you're practicing with stick, and you recognize that the weight lands at the end of the weapon, and you try to find your center of balance with the weapon, you swing it to your side and back up over your head and then over the other side, and then back up over your head. And you do this a few times. And then when you bring it back over, over your head, you swing it around in a 360-degree circle a couple of times, and then you bring it back down, and you do this several times. And then during one of the swings, you kind of let your grip on the earth beneath you loosen. As you bring the weapon upward, you feel the pull of the weight. As it reaches its apex, you jump ever so slightly and go into a full front flip land hard one foot on the ground one knee on the ground and you slam stick into the earth so hard you leave a two foot crater as you have found your balance with a weapon Gurn's going to leave the head of stick buried into the ground. 
and he's going to get down on both of his knees and just kind of bow his head. Come back up with a big shit-eating grin. Pull stick out of the ground. And just kind of relax and take in the rest of the night. Okay. He he did this around the campfire, right? To do so with Glaive, he would have had to have walked 10 to 20 feet away from the camp center. Okay. Would that, like, it hitting the ground, would it, the vibrations been enough to wake Moss up? Yeah. You're just going to hear from behind you? Burn. Moss likes sleep. <laughs> Gern, sorry, Moss. Gern, okay. Gern, be done. And with that, Gern's going to just finish up the rest. Okay, and with your perception roll, you detect nothing. All right. And for the end of your watch, before your watch ends, and you're, you know, you finish your shit-eating grin moment, you return to the camp, sitting around the fire, munching on rations, whatever the hell you're doing during this time. You're not entirely sure what to do during a watch anyway. Celine begins to stir. So I'm going to wake up make my way to the fire and kind of sit next to Gurn. Do I see him smiling? I don't know. Is Gurn still smiling from his performance? Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of glowing. Do you have your face covering down? Yeah, currently. Okay. Munching so, on yeah. some rations. You see a big tusked grin on his face as he open mouth chews his rations. Um, good watch, I guess. Mm -hmm. Gern's going to gesture over towards where the crater is. Selene, as you glance over a good somewhere between 20 and 30 feet from where you sit right now, you see the handle of a weapon sticking out of the earth. And around it, you can see dirt that has been thrown out onto the thin layer of snow that remains. Oh, so weapon practicing then. <clears throat> Gurn, wake up, Mars, too. <laughs> Probably best we don't wake anybody up. I learned that mistake this morning. Oh. Yeah. Vice. Boom. <laughs> yes, he threw a firebolt at me. Did. Um. It. Hurt. Uh. A little bit. Um. I was in a different animal form and he didn't recognize me. Did 
hurt you? No, it hurt my animal form, so I'm okay. Gern's going to look a little puzzled, but kind of like shake his head. Okay. Um, Gern, sleep now. All right. You go sleep. Night. Good night. Gern, do you return to the carriages? Yeah. So, Celine, as Gern stands up, uh, Gern, do you collect a stick or do you just leave it in the dirt? (laughs) Gern goes and grabs stick. Okay. So, Celine, you watch Gern as he stands up, stretches a little bit, swallows the last piece of food he had kept in his mouth while he was talking to you. He goes over, picks up stick, attaches it to his whatever he uses to carry it. And he returns to the carriage and you hear as he climbs into the carriage, the clambering of dozens of goblins and the chattering of them as they all, what you presume, climb back on top of Gurn. Okay. Right. Uh, And if you could roll a perception for your watch. Um, I actually had a question. Sure. It's a D20. (laughs) Yes, I know. Um, I think we talked about it in the past, but, um, the fine familiar is not linked to just one animal, right? It's, it can be any animal I want. You can summon it as whatever animal you see fit to the situation. Uh, can I do that? Yeah, it'll burn a wild shape, but yeah. Uh, just keep in mind it only, well, yeah, it lasts for half of your druid level, so it'll last for three hours, which is exactly what you need for your watch. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm going to do a snowy owl. Perfect. Okay. So you focus your druidic powers and summon a snowy owl. And as it manifests in front of you, it lands gracefully on your forearm and just kind of looks at you and tilts its head to the side and then suddenly straightens out and turns its head 180 degrees because they can do that. And just looks back at you, waiting for some kind of command. Um, I'm going to command it to basically do a bird's eye view um, to keep an eye on things around the campsite for any threats. Okay. Um, Are you... So just to clarify, you want the bird to take its own watch or are you going to transfer your senses into it and do your watch through it? I'm going to transfer my senses into it. Okay. So as you give your bird, your beautiful snowy owl, the command that we need to keep watch. We need to watch for threats and we need to do so from above. It doesn't visually acknowledge you, but it gives out the smallest chirp 
and you transfer your senses, your vision, your hearing into the bird, and you now see through its eyes and hear through its ears. It spreads its wings and silently takes off into the night, flying upwards. Go ahead and roll your perception check at advantage. Is that an owl stat block or is that my stat block? It would be through the owl's stat block. And that's just a regular owl, right? Uh, there's not I, any special stat block for that? I don't believe there's a stat block for a snowy owl. But because I pulled up owl, out. but I just want to make sure. Uh, there doesn't appear to be one for specifically that type of owl. Okay, because there was nope, owl yeah, just, and then giant just owl. Just use the standard, just use the owl stat block. Okay, that's fine. So the snowy owl is a great choice for this environment. And that was that advantage you said? Yes. Alright, hold on. Let me... Alright. That's... So I got a 19. Okay. Vice. You hear the lightest chirp of a bird. Shortly after, you hear Gurn climb into the carriage and fall asleep. You kind of crack your eyes open and you look up. And you see Celine sitting in what appears to be a meditative state, though her eyes are open and completely whited out. But you do not hear or see anything else. Uh, Vice will stand up from the carriage wheel and kind of like stretch his legs a little bit. Celine. Walk over. You... Celine, you see everything Vice is describing right now through the snowy owl's eyes. You see Vice get up, stretch, and approach your humanoid body. Okay. Vice is going to sit down next to Celine, and he's going to greet her, but doing so quietly as to not wake anyone else and Celine probably wouldn't hear it because she doesn't have uh, her own ears yeah uh, Celine how far away is your bird at the moment how high did you send it it has dark vision up to 120 feet did you send it its full distance not at first no Um, I was doing kind of a close range thing and then as the night progresses, I, I figured I'd increase my distance. Okay, this is happening almost immediately. So the fly speed of the owl is 60 feet. So we'll assume that right now it's flying at a height of 60 feet. Okay. So you, you through your owl senses, you see Vice get up, stretch, walk over to you, sit down next to you, and that's it. You cannot hear him greet you. You do not... That's... It, it, He's probably looking down or has his face covering on, so you don't see his mouth move. But you do see Vice is now sitting next to you. Um, 
Can I... Can I control the owl, or does it control itself? How does that work? When you have transferred your senses to it, your consciousness becomes one. So okay. You are... And based on your commands, there's like an inherent telekinetic or telepathic communication thing here going on. So like, if you want to command the owl to come down, it can. Yeah, so I'm going to basically command it and come down and land next to Vice. Vice, very, very suddenly and silently, a large white owl lands on the on the ground next to you and looks up at you and lets out a soft chirp. I've seen Celine control area have turn into animals. I assume it goes deeper than that. You have so. also seen her summon a raven once before. Yeah, I'm going to look at the owl, look back at her, look back at the owl. <laughs> and then, like, while looking at the owl, like, move my head towards her and see, like, without saying anything at all. Just like, uh, is you? <laughs> and see what the owl does. Um, the owl will kind of like nod its head a little bit. I don't know if owls speak common, especially owls controlled by drow. She, so, yeah, it, <laughs> so. I'm going to try to talk to the owl. <laughs> Go for it. <clears throat> you are possibly one of the most strange people I've ever met. Celine, you can answer him through your drow body. Oh, I can talk. Celine can speak. The owl cannot. Oh. The senses well, you have no, transferred. <laughs> the senses you have transferred are sight and sound. Your body can still move, feel, and speak. Okay. So, oh. if if you choose to speak to him, he's talking to an owl. On like his left side, and on his right side, Celine is going to answer. <laughs> Um, as the owl is looking at you, Celine will respond. I know there's a lot about me that is interesting, but I could say the same for you. Strange would be the first choice of words as I turn to Celine. <laughs> <clears throat> not not necessarily interesting, just strange. Primarily interesting, but in this instance, strange. I suppose we're all a little strange. So, what's up with the owl? Um, I wanted to test out my familiar and see if I can't get a bird's eye view of the campsite for any threats. As, as opposed to a cat's eye. Well, I didn't feel like freaking anybody else out again. Oh yeah, working hit with a fireball. Let's uh, <laughs> let's just keep changing it up on him. 
That way they don't know what to expect. <laughs> well, an owl's not really threatening, so... Uh, maybe not to you or I, but to Shatten. <laughs> Fair enough. She is a rabbit. Well, rabbit-like. That's true. Moss told me that he uh, <clears throat> had a conversation with his with his watcher. Yeah, we briefly talked about that. Um, I have to get a hold of my watcher to figure out if she knows anything about what's going on as well. So, uh, he told you that it's potentially happening on this continent? Uh, did Moss say that? Yes, okay. Yeah, yep. he, he said that. Yes, he told me that. Uh, well... We don't have to remind you that my hometown is on this continent. It has me worried for whatever it is that has something to do with life and death being an imbalance. It has me a little concerned about the well-being of my hometown. Yeah, you don't live too far from Interion. Celine, as he says that, your owl eyes look up at him, and you see that same crystalline sheen forming on his skin. In the firelight, and with dark vision, it's hard to discern color. But you know this crystalline sheen, and you know his skin is shifting again. Okay. I mean, I live on the opposite side of the continent from where we are, but, well, my hometown is there, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about it. I mean, who's to say what's happening? But whatever it is, it's throwing life and death out of balance, according to what Moss told me. And well, hopefully, after you finish up with the goblins and Interion, we could start heading to your hometown and start figuring out what's going on. They went north and wanted us to figure out as well. Well, as much as I... I care about Moss and I respect him as a as a person, as an individual. Uh, the way he phrases things sometimes just really makes you wonder what's going on in his brain. Hey Vice, I uh, don't want to freak you out, but... And then you drop something like that, like, 
yeah, there's an entire thing throwing life and death out of balance on the con on the same continent as your hometown. But don't worry. There was good intent there. Just, yeah, I'm sure he means well. I know he does. And I'd rather find out now if it... Titans forbid that something is happening over there. I'd rather find out now than when we get there. But part of me is going to be wondering until we show up that what might be happening if something is which has me worried at this point it seems like it's good to be prepared for anything I think so By the way, I'm sorry for the other night of being, I guess you would say, aloof. I had a lot of things on my mind that I was thinking about, and that's why I was kind of distracted and kind of just walked off. I don't seem to remember what you're talking about. We were having a conversation, and then I just kind of got up and try to go hunt or something. I don't quite remember, but I know that you were trying to talk to me in mid-conversation, and I just kind of got up and left. Oh, it's fine. <clears throat> At this point, it seems like weeks ago. The days have been dragging on so long. <laughs> Sorry, Robin, you can't fucking do that to me mid-RP, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the days in the cold uh really makes you almost lose track of time but it's fine i'm sure i didn't take offense to it even in the moment no i just i still felt bad and felt like i needed to explain myself of what was going on the only thing you really need to explain is what the fuck you're going to transform into. That way you don't get killed by the giant fuck-off lizard. Or hit in the face with a fire. Yeah, see, that's the problem. I can't really give warning before I transform. It just kind of... I think about it and it happens. It's not really a control on it. I can't really give a warning and be like, Hey, I'm changing into this. And then... No, but but if you know that there's no one awake, you could always be like, oh, well, just in case someone wakes up and startled, maybe I shouldn't be a giant cat gnawing on a deer by the campfire light. No, just, just things like that. <clears throat> I was I hungry and didn't I think about it. <laughs> I feel bad that I hit you in the face with a firebolt. And Gun was pissed off that I woke him up. Well, if it makes you feel better, it barely left a mark. And I'm sorry, I was a giant cat 
eating a deer in the middle of the campfire. This is your first flame retardant. No, I just... I, I can take a hit, I guess. My, I guess, beast of nature is what I call it. Is pretty, pretty strong. Certainly interesting. It is interesting. I'm still learning more about it. It's still not entirely used to that creature yet. I don't even know what it what it is. Like it a six legged, two tailed beast, feline like in nature. But <clears throat> can't think of a six footed cat. Um, it was a special gift that I got from my watcher for putting on, um, my brother's necklace as a way of keeping him close to me. You didn't even know you had a brother. I had a twin brother at one point. The way you phrased that tells me more than your words do. And I am sorry for your loss. It's not your fault. We were both careless. Well. That, uh... Kind of took a dark turn. Not gonna lie. Sorry. And sorry You're for fine. waking you up also. I wasn't asleep. Was it the like nightmares I, again? Like I said, I've been thinking. Worried about my own town. Going to bed with a worried mind probably isn't going to help nightmares at all. I imagine so. not. Especially having them two nights in a row. It's it's funny, really, when you think about it. The beings that oversee you and Moss, uh, your watchers, they seem kind and insightful and bring you gifts. And mine, or... I don't even know if it's a watcher or what it could be if it's not, but whatever it is that plagues my mind uh, <laughs> brings me nightmares. <clears throat> In a way, I'm almost envious of you too. You don't have a watcher? If I do, it's not nearly as kind as yours. Have you tried reaching out? Oh, no, it, it, they, he, reach out to me every night 
with nightmares. I'd, I'd rather those just go away than uh, incentivize them to keep coming back. Perhaps they're trying to tell you something. Sometimes it takes reaching out to your watcher to get the right answers. Because sometimes they're trying to give you hints at certain things. That's at least what my watcher did for a while. Kept reaching oh. out and giving me hints until I finally reached out and for answers. If it's a watcher that oversees me, then part of me wishes to just be left alone. Well, perhaps dive deeper instead of being afraid. Don't let your fear consume you. It's easy for you to say when you can turn into a several hundred pound cat. Ugh. Sorry, laying against that wagon wheel. Just trying to pretend to be asleep to get people to, you know, not bother me. Stiffens everything up. I understand. But I couldn't always turn into a giant monstrous cat. That's just new. Yeah, but there's nothing to be afraid of now. There's always something to be afraid of. Didn't you literally just say, don't be afraid? Yes, but I mean, like, don't be afraid of your watcher. Try to figure out what your watcher might be potentially trying to say if it is a watcher. Don't you think that spending all that time with Northam, if he thought it might be a watcher, he would have said something? Maybe he didn't know. Or maybe he did know and didn't know how to say it. Because he didn't know for sure. I don't know. I didn't know Northam that well. And he had no problem telling you lot. He didn't tell me that much. Me and Northam never really got a chance to speak regarding my watcher. After all the stuff that happened. Well, I'll let you get back to your watch. I might try to get some rest. That's exactly what I was going to say. And Vice will stand up and head back to the wagon wheel and take a brief nap. And the owl will fly off back okay. up into the sky. During the remainder of your watch, the owl does not perceive any potential threats. Though it does ping at least 12 rodents scurrying in and out of the snow. And in those moments, you feel a small amount of excitement at a potential meal felt through the bird's heart. But you tell it to keep hunting, to keep watching, that there are things more important. 
as your bird looks up and can see the sun begin to climb over the mountains. Pale sky beginning to lighten into a nice pale blue. You believe that the next day is going to begin and we are going to take a much needed break. And we're back. Celine, as the sun rises on a new day, the sun shines brightly over uh, as it begins to crest over the mountains. Your owl notices that from behind the caravan, maybe 'ring the daylight your vision is actually pretty decent especially from its point of view trailing following the path of the car- that the caravan has taken for about as far as it can see you notice a wide area of melted snow or a snowless path that seems to be following in the wake behind the caravan. So where oh. everything where everything around you, from where you are, leading back to the mountains, which you can only just see on the horizon at this point, there has been snow everywhere you go. And yet for some reason there seems to be a path about 20 feet wide where the snow has been melted and it seems to be following the path that the caravan has been taking is it just the path itself I don't see anything else or like is there like a creature or a person or something that you could tell see me the a cause line, you see a line of melted snow that appears to be following the path that the caravan has been taking Okay. But I don't know what caused it. No. Okay. And this, it's still like just turning to daybreak? The sun at this point has effectively risen. Okay. Um, Alright, then I'm going to... Um, dismiss my familiar and then I guess regain consciousness your senses are returned to you I'm assuming everybody at this point's awake then people are beginning to awaken yes okay um Gurn is an early riser today. He has removed his uh, blanket of goblins and have climbed out of the carriage. He's made his way towards the fire or Selena's. Morning, Gurn. Sleep well? <clears throat> Gurn 
sleep. Okay. You, um, see anything? Oh, kind of. But the problem is I don't know how to make sense of it. Because it could be something or it could be nothing. I'm not quite entirely sure. What? Um. So I'm going to kind of point to the path of where we came from. And... um. Is it melted, obviously, like right there? Or was it just a bird's eye view where I could see it? You could only see it from the bird's eye view. It is not within your vision standing at the edge of the camp. All right, so I'm going to kind of point in the direction of where I did see it. Um, well, I used my familiar to kind of do my watch last night. And from a bird's eye view... There's a path of melted snow that is following behind us. But I can't tell anything from it. So we go now. That might be best. But I feel like we probably should tell the others first as well. <clears throat> just so they know. Get him up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gern's going to jot over to Vice. Up. Gra- grab him by his shirt and pick him up. Gern, you know that I can wake up and stand up Jesus Christ on my own no we go yes we go every morning Mas Gern's going to bend down and grab onto Mas's shell and hoist him up as well up While he's waking them, I'm gonna go wake up Shat and. There's something wrong. No snow. We get follow. No snow. Where, where we come from? Oh, behind us. <clears throat> That's a bit concerning. Gern, think. We follow. Bye. 
think we should check it out. Shrugs his shoulders. Muscle, hook Kata up to the cart. Talk to Kata. We're gonna go back a ways and see if we can't see what might be following us. Just You're keep going. You unhooked her from the cart? No, hooked her to the cart because I had unhooked her for the night so she could sleep. So I hooked her back up. Right. to see if something's following us. You just keep with the caravan. That's okay with you. As you wish, Moss. Better. Then go back to Gurn. For all this RP, Shatten has been very quiet. Has she responded to anything? Well, I was just waiting for, uh, Okay, I just wanted to make um, sure you didn't lose connection, and we're like no, 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 I'm here. Into space. Nope. I was just okay, trying cool. not to ignore, uh, interrupt. Nope, that's fine. I just want to make sure you're still connected. Um, so as as we're as they're doing that, I'm going to go over to the wagon where Shatten was sleeping and try, try to wake her up. Good morning. Is it breakfast already? Um, yeah, but I guess we're going to get going um, sooner rather than later. Um, there was a bit of, I guess, cause for concern last night on my watch. What kind of concern? Well, I told Gern about it and he immediately was like, we need to leave now. Um, I think there's something following us because... Um, I used my familiar last night to kind of get a bird's eye view of anything that could be threatening. And behind us is a lot of melted snow following us. I certain uh, seem to think it might be something threatening. It's not a bad idea. Uh, uh, Shatten's gonna climb out from beneath, uh, from out of her nest, and uh, come out of the uh, the wagon. Are we going to uh, follow it? See if anyone is. Um, I'm not sure what Gern's doing. I wanted to wake you up first and let you know what's going on. I told Gern to let everybody else know. And wake them up. Okay. So, she, uh, Shatten's gonna immediately jump up the top of the, climb up top of the wagon and start looking around. 
Okay. Go ahead and roll perception. Uh, that is going to be a 26. From your current vantage point, you cannot make out what Selene has described to you. You see nothing but tundra to your north. To your south, you do see a shift in the land as <clears throat> you know that uh, just another few miles, you'll start reaching an area where the mountain has less effect and the air will start to get warmer. But from where you stand, you cannot see what has been described. See uh, Moss and uh, Gurn? With that perception check, have they left the camp yet? Not yet. So yes, you see them right below the carriage you're sitting on. I'm going to establish a psychic link with them. With them? At, at this point, we would have made our way back over to you. Back from where? You never left the camp. Right. We were talking. But we would have convened with everybody. Right. Versus being off in our own separate space. So... I don't want to establish a connection because I don't want to yell across, hey, no, are we in danger? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, it's going to be going to last for one hour. Okay. <clears throat> and to uh, both uh, um, Moss and Gern says, are are we being followed? What I was told, Celine seems to think so. <clears throat> the snow is gone. Trail. Okay. Uh, you want me to wake up the the carriage drivers? We go. We go. And Shatton's going to uh, bound about between, uh, among the carriages, waking up the drivers to get things going. She'll uh, wake up the first set that's on the, the carriage that she's they've been sleeping in. Just, we have to go. Wake up. Um... I'm going to try to find Markry to let him know as well what's going on. Okay. He kind of wakes with a stir. So you believe you believe we're go we're, we're being followed by something like melting snow. How far back is it? It was 20 feet, you said? Or what was it again? It I'm sorry. To be, it appeared to be a narrow path approximately 20 feet wide. The only reason you could oh. see this was through your owl's eyes. And it's about half a mile back. Um, 
Well, I was only able to see it from my owl eyes. And it's about a half mile back. And it was just a narrow path. So I don't know for sure what it can be. But when I told Gern, he thought it was a cause for concern. And he basically wanted to get going right away. We get Goblin safe. Um, if you all believe something has been following us, presumably for a while, to keep the Goblin safe, do you think it's wise to continue moving forward? Or to stop the thing that's following us? Keep in mind, I must also protect the people of my town. And I certainly don't want to guide anything dangerous to the rest of the people. I did have that in mind. What I was thinking was... Be Gurn and anybody else that would like to fall back behind the characters and see if we can't figure out what's following us. So you're suggesting we keep moving forward, but a small group stays behind. Because if we stop moving entirely, it'll get suspicious. I suppose that's true. All right. That way... Oh, sorry, go ahead. If that is what you feel is the best course of action here, then... I mean, I need to stay at the helm of this carriage, but if you all are willing to hang behind. It'd probably be the best to do. And Kato will keep pulling her cart. Well, I suppose that's good, not to leave that stuff behind. All right, well, let's uh, let's get everybody gathered up and we'll uh, continue on our journey. Uh, how far back do you all plan to stay? Uh, I'd say probably no more than a mile. That's, that's quite a distance. All, all right. Um... Well, then I suppose if we're going to put that kind of distance between us, then I guess we we should take off soon. Uh, Let me speak to the other drivers and and, and to Meme and let them know what's going on. And uh, we'll we'll shove off in the next half hour. Sounds like a plan. So he gets up. And he goes and he he explains the situation to the best of his knowledge to the other drivers. And you see him climb into one of the carriages and you presume he's speaking to Meme. And uh, over the next half hour, would anybody like to do anything in preparation for this? And Vice, are you joining the party on this little experiment? Uh, Yeah, Vice has just been like standing where uh, Gurn picked him up at. Okay. Is he standing steadily? 
Or is he wavering a little bit in his fatigue? He's fine. He's tired. He's not drunk. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm 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 never all that stable when I've gotten only an hour's sleep. <laughs> Alright. That's how I operate my life. Yeah, well, we are the night owl nerds. <laughs> Fuck sleep. During that time, Masha walked back over to Kata and just Yeah, he's not gonna say this out loud. Okay. But in his head he's gonna think it to her. Gonna So uh if you see anything strange, let me know immediately. I will do my best. Thank you. Um I am going to turn device because I'm I'm are you standing next to me or are you like where are you vice right now just so I know um by one of the wheel or cartwheels okay um then I will I guess make my way over to you because I don't remember exactly where I was standing at this point. <laughs> so. Make my way over to you. Um, I just wanted to warn you. I am planning on morphing back into my beast. Well, I recognize you don't freak you out. <laughs> well, you said to give you warning. So I'm trying it out before I think it, I guess. So should I fire Firebolt at you now? Or a few seconds after you transform? Like after. Got it. <laughs> and you'll see Vice channel a Firebolt in his hand. <laughs> and he'll drop it. Um, with that, I am going to wild shape back into my beast of nature as preparation for hunting whatever this is. Okay. As Elaine steps away from all of you, she suddenly changes form into a huge six-legged cat. If you look at Vice, he's channeled a firebolt in his hand again. And then he drops it again. All right. As these preparations have been made, Markry and the other drivers have gathered everything up that they can and have begun stirring the horses, encouraging a pressured pace to get ahead of you all. You all wait 20, 30 minutes, an hour. Well, maybe not an hour. Call it 20 minutes. You'll wait about 20 minutes and Moss in your head, <clears throat> in your head, you hear Kata call out to you. 
I can feel our connection waning. It's best to start moving. Thank you. We should get moving, guys. Also right. start following the character. Are there uh <clears throat> we're in the tundra areas and all that. Is there shrubbery and bushes alongside the uh, road? I mean sporadic, but yeah. Uh, uh I'm gonna establish another psychic link with Moss. I'll uh, hang behind you guys, make certain that, uh, see if there's anything else that'll follow up as we move. stay by yourself it's easier for me to hide than a group I mean that is true but not safe for you to do that if I need help I, you're easy to reach yes five hours this time okay be careful Before we leave, Moss wants to look around to see if he can see anything. I'm sorry, what was that? Before we leave, Moss, I'd like to look around to see if he can see any sign of anything that might be following us. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll Perception. 17. Uh, at this time... There doesn't seem to be any change. There has not been enough time elapsed. Heather, if you were saying something, you were muted. Um, I was just saying how I was honestly going to do the same thing. Okay. You may also roll perception um, at advantage if you are focusing on sights and or sounds and smells. Okay kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, well, there goes that. I going to say I heard that thing hit the floor. It's a dangerous <laughs> die to drop. It really is. Uh, I got a 25. Well, good golly damn. Even with dropping it. <laughs> Even with dropping it. We're going to hold those perception checks. As you all travel, trying to maintain this distance between the caravan and whatever may or may not be following, Moss, you're not able to detect... <clears throat> you're not able to detect anything, necessarily. Celine, in your form, very, very faintly, you can just hear the cracking of earth and the rolling of stones coming from somewhere distant behind you. Um, I'm going to let out a low growl and stop moving. 
Moss would stop, which was wrong. Yeah. I'm going to basically jerk my head in the direction where I heard the noises and kind of point my paw in that direction as well. Which Is one? You have six. <laughs> my friend, my friend, Pa. <laughs> Is it behind us? I'm gonna shake my head. Yes. Oh, I was asking the DM if it was behind us. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes. Sorry. Uh, how long have we been walking? Uh, at this point, you all have been walking for about two hours. All right. So I'm gonna. Actually, how far does that mine link go? Lasts for one mile. Did you stay where you were? I was going to try to keep a one mile distance. Okay. So I'm going to ask Shatten. Is, do you see or hear anything? Uh, do I need to roll perception? Yes, you do. Okay, that is going to be something I'll never get again, I'm certain. Uh, 28. You do. With no other stimuli around you and only a gentle breeze in the air, you do hear the cracking of earth and the rolling of stone as if the ground itself is being moved. It is still distant behind you, but not by much. And as you pause to communicate with Moss, as the entire party has stopped, a few moments later, that sound also ceases, but you begin to feel the earth around you warming, and you can watch as the snow closest to the ground begins to melt. Whatever's following us is under the ground and it's generating some serious heat. And I th think it's locked onto my footsteps. Well, if it's coming from underground, it might be those things we fought last time just closer to the surface and if that's the case you need to catch up to us now oh I intend to is it possible to step without making footsteps like a stealth walk you would have a specified ability to do that oh there, there are there are features, I forget which class, but there are features that allow you to move stealthily without... I think it falls under Ranger with their, with their preferred terrain, where they can move stealthily without taking a penalty to movement. Um, you are not that person. So you have to choose speed or stealth. You could always cast... Oh, wait. Oh. I cast reverse gravity. 
Jesus, uh, she's gonna attempt to book it. Okay, go for it. So, uh, action dash, bonus action dash, movement. Yep. So you have a movement speed of ninety right now. I believe. What's your base speed? Uh, thirty. Yeah, so you have a movement speed of 90 right now. As soon as you start moving, you kick off the ground and start bolting in the direction of the rest of the party. With that perception check, you hear the earth begin to move behind you. But as you continue to run towards the party, that sound becomes fainter and fainter into the distance. You can still hear it, but you can tell that you definitely have a lead on whatever this thing is. Celine, as the time passes as Shatton apparently runs a one-minute mile. You are able to hear this grinding earth noise growing closer as you see Shatton bounding over the rocks and through the tundra. Everyone else, right around the time Shatton reaches you, you can now hear this sound of grinding earth and tumbling stone. I don't think running's gonna do any good. Oh, but it'll get me closer to you. I'm assuming that was done through the link? Uh, no, actually, that was said out loud to the rest of the party. <laughs> oh, sorry. Vice is gonna stop and you're like and like look around and go. Where's Shatten? She'll be here shortly. But where is she? She decided to stay a bit behind us to see if she could see it because she can communicate with me. I had for a distance. And you didn't think to tell her that that was stupid? I did. I just knew I wasn't going to stop her. So when she doesn't make it, that's on you? She'll make it. She's fast. Okay. Um... DM, can I hear the pitter-patter of, like, Shatten's feet coming closer to us? Yeah. Yes, you can. When she gets within about 300 feet of you guys, you guys can see her running towards you at full sprint, probably on all four. And, yes, you can hear her, and everyone can see her. It would take her almost six minutes to catch up to a mile. Sure. By this calculation, 352 seconds. Running at 15 feet per second. Thank you, Xander. You're welcome. I've ran an eight-minute mile before. I can't run a mile to save my life. Anyway. I can drive 60 of those an hour and still not get a speeding ticket. Congratulations. I have two speeds, walk and sprint, because sprint is the fastest you can run, and I don't run. 
How far off is the creature or whatever from Shatten? Like, how much of a distance can I tell that? You can't get specifics, but you can tell that Shatten had one hell of a lead on this creature. Okay. It is still coming. The grinding earth is still approaching. But... But there's a fair amount of distance. Okay. So as those six minutes have elapsed and Shatten rejoins the party, most likely panting, you assume you still have a few minutes before this creature reaches you. Yes? Rabbits travel 35 miles per hour, so it would actually only take about 1 minute and 43 (laughs) seconds to get a rabbit here. Can can we move past this now? Can we can we keep the immersion here? We don't need to fall down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Fucking Christ, Joe. <laughs> That's great. It's taking your side. Come on. No, it, no, it's it's fine. I was thinking of nerf, nerfing this encounter. I guess I'm just not gonna. Oh. <laughs> Once Shatten reaches us and stops moving, does the thing keep moving? It does. So I'm going to turn to everybody and go, We could try and fight it here, or we could try something else, but I don't really know what else we could do. Are there any uh, boulders or uh, large uh, trees in the area? There are a couple. Um, there are a couple of decent-sized trees. Well, I'm going to start by climbing one of those. She points to the nearest tree that's tall enough and make a, makes a run for that. And how high are you going up this tree? Uh, what's the lowest branch at? Lowest branch is only about five or six feet up. Oh. Uh, I'm going to j- attempt to jump about 15 feet up. To whichever branch is 15 feet. Okay, that's easy enough. There are plenty of branches. This is a relatively young conifer, so it's not hard to get up into it. It's about 15 feet up. She's going to uh, ready to throw her daggers at whatever pops up. Okay. The grinding of the earth grows closer and closer. And you feel as if within the next couple of minutes it will be upon you. Is there anything anyone would like to do in this time? I'm going to take out... There's a name for this. Glacius Tooth. Okay. 
And be prepared to chuck that at it as soon as it appears. Okay. Gurn is just prepared with stake. Play some whack-a-mole. My exact thoughts. So, nothing else? Elaine is readying to pounce as soon as she gets a chance. Ice is positioning himself behind the meat shields. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. The grinding of Earth grows closer and closer. Until it gets to about 100 feet away from you and then stops dead. Silence permeates the air around you. With the exception of the sound of some stones kind of falling in and rolling their last few feet, the earth in front of you lies torn. And as you stand there watching, silently, still, you see the snow begin to melt in an area represented by this blue circle. All is still. Exactly what does the earth look like? Is it like completely torn to shreds and like dead or is there a giant hole like I'm, I'm trying to like visualize us like trying pretty, to understand what pretty I'm much seeing. that blue circle that you see is the head of the path everything past that in a straight line is overturned earth and melted snow within that blue circle that you see the earth around it has been churned to a point but all of the snow in that area is turning to water and sinking into the earth. Okay. Gern's going to reach down if there is a orange-sized rock anywhere. Um, sure. And huck it in the direction of Shooting for about 55 feet, 60 feet. Okay. Which would put it about here. Okay. As you do, the grinding of earth begins again. And you begin to see a new area of snow melting. Gurn's going to grab for another stone and this time land it in the circle near this tree 
as you do, the area of melted snow begins to <clears throat> begins to shift again. And that tree, you see it lift and then begin to fall into the earth. But I need a bigger tree. The tree is not sinking into the earth. It rose maybe 10 feet and then began to like fall onto its side and sink into the earth a little bit. It was uprooted. Pretty much. Oh, we need to leave this area immediately. Gern's going to grab up three and toss and try and get something like that to make it look simulate something's running away. I need you to roll a stealth check real quick. Nine. Nine? Yep. As you do this, the area of melted snow, the, 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 the earth turns again, and it seems as if it's beginning to follow the path that you tried to lay out with your stones. But then you notice that the area of melted snow is encroaching on your position. Your attempt to distract this creature away appears to have failed and it seems to have detected you actually since it has detected you I need to ask everyone a question we have 10 minutes to the end of our recording window I need to call for initiative do we end it here or do we push this I mean, and I know what I want to do, you know, like they used to say when random fights would break out, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Gurn rages, question mark. Game. Yeah. Xander doesn't look too thrilled. Guess my fate has been decided. We ball. No. I mean, if you don't want to, we don't have to. Yeah. Fuck it, we ball. Okay. Okay. No, Gurn does not rage until his turn. <laughs> I need everyone to roll initiative. Twenty-five to twenty. Twenty-two. Twenty-one. Twenty to fifteen. Seventeen. Sixteen. 
15 to 10. 11. Okay. All right, bring us fast to the kitty. I know, right? You must have rolled shit. Yeah. All right, top of the turn order, Moss. You watched as Gurn threw these rocks forward. And the churning of the earth seemed to start following them, but then shifted in your direction. And I still can't see this thing, right? It still seems to be underground. All right. I'll hold my action to throw a glacius tooth. Okay. Until it surfaces, I assume? Yep. Okay. Bringing us to Gurn. Gurn is going to... Just ready for attack and hold his action for any surface movement. What action are you holding? Uh, Swinging his hammer. Okay, so you're going to swing stick if this thing gets within melee of you? Yes, sir. Okay. Shatton. He's going to ready to throw her dagger. In case it surfaces? In case it surfaces, yeah. Okay. He'll be doing a uh, sharpshooter with it. This is a shit initiative roll. Everybody's holding actions. Vice, you're up. Vice is going to surprise. Hold an action. Firebolt. As soon as he sees an enemy, he's going to throw it. All right. And Celine. Um, I... Assuming the creature is now within range. So I... I'm going to try to provoke it by moving a little bit closer. Go ahead and move. Right there. And that's all I'll do. Okay. Bring us to the next turn. One, two, three, four. The earth around you begins to churn once again. You do not see the creature yet. However, the snow within this circle has begun to melt, and you can feel the ground beneath you becoming warm. Top of the turn order, Moss. Um... Same thing. Hold my action with the javelin to throw it at him or stab him with him. Alright. Gurn. Same deal? Plus a rage. So bonus action rage. Do you roar when you go into your rage? Not on this one. 
So you just, what, steam comes out your ears or some shit? As for Gurn rages silently, he grips stick with such force that all of the veins in his forearm start to protrude. You can see the tendons and the just tensils of muscle light right up. That's hot. All right. Shatten. Well, yeah, she's going to, uh, well, hold her action. She's going to, uh, hold, uh, hold, um, words. He's going to thump or stump on the, uh, tree branch. Just uh, have her foot just strike the, uh, edge of the, on the, on the branch she's on. Okay. So you're going to. I'm trying to draw it towards you. Yep, just the whole... Okay. And then I'll hold my that... attack action. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll say that only consumes your bonus. Uh, I, I was thinking movement, since I was running in place. Uh, Sure, whatever. It doesn't prevent you from holding your action. Alright. Vice... Continuing to hold. What do you think I am, a moron? Yes. <laughs> hurtful. Truthful, yeah. but hurtful, you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vice is going to quietly make an incantation to himself, and his cloak begins to glisten as he casts Mage Armor. Okay. And that'll be it. All right, bringing us back to Celine. I'm going to continue to move closer to the creature, trying to provoke it to come out. Okay. Right there. And then I'm going to let out a loud growl as loud as I could. Okay, and that's it what for your that turn? What does sound like? <laughs> yeah, can you give us an example? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was Rar the weakest XD. growl I've ever heard. I, <laughs> I can't growl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for your turn? Yes, that's it for my turn. Are you holding an action in case this thing pops up? Yes, I am. Okay. Good. Celine, as you step forward and let out a loud growl, a huge creature, almost like a monstrous sized centipede erupts from the earth next to you rising 15 feet up, emanating an extreme amount of heat off of its blue skin. It roars as Earth is thrown in every direction and surfaces around you. Every single one of you who had hold a- held actions, 
We'll do this in initiative order, I suppose. Moss, your held action to throw your weapon. Alrighty. Uh, that's going to be a 19 to hit. That's a hit. Right. So that's... Uh, six piercing and seven cold damage. Okay. And then, oh, actually, I can't use my bonus action, so. Right. All right, uh, Gurn, you were held action to attack if it was in melee. Doesn't work because you're not in melee. Uh, Shen, <laughs> you are held action to throw your weapon. Okay. And that's going to be 21. 21's a hit. <clears throat> okay, and with an adjacent uh, ally, I get my sneak attack. Yep. And. Oh, wait. I did do. Uh, I intended to do a sharpshooter. So twenty-one to the sixteen hit. Sixteen does not hit. Nope, then I don't hit. Okay. And Celine, your held action to attack. I'm gonna do my multi attack. Well, yeah. I'm do um. So let's see for my first one. Uh, a 13. 13 does not hit. Uh, damn, I got 13 twice. Okay, never mind. You have a minimum of three attacks. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, I guess I'll try again. Eighteen. Sorry, eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen hits. Okay. And that's gonna be a claw. Yep. That's gonna be nine points of slashing damage. Okay. And as your jaws make contact with this creature's body. I said claw, not jaws. As your claws make make contact with this creature's body, you feel an immense heat released from the flesh and you take eight points of fire damage. That's going to take us to the creature's actual turn. Who is going to turn on you, Selene, as you are the one that provoked it. And it is going to attempt to reach down and bite you. You got goddamn lucky. Natural one. So as it tries uh, no. to twist its body to come down and bite at you, it misses entirely and ends up with a mouth, mouthful of stone. Bringing us to moss. Alrighty. 
for his bonus action, he's going to recall Glacius Tooth back to his hand. Okay. And he's going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 feet to here. Okay. And he's going to cast Bane on the creature. Okay. Charisma save? Uh, let me just make sure. Yes. Hmm. 15. I'm like 90% sure that beats. Yep. Which sucks. It has a minus three to charisma. I just rolled really well. That'll be my turn. Okay. Bringing us to Gurn. Currently pissed the fuck off. Gurn is going to move. He's going to tank flank on the creature. Anyways. How far did you just move? Um, from here, right? Don't forget to count your hexes. Don't use a measuring tool for movement. Each hex is five feet. Yeah. I could move over there. Eight hexes. Movement speed is 40? Yep. Okay. And I'm going to swing with stick. Okay. Twice. The first attack is an 18 to hit. 18's a hit. And the second is a 24 to hit. 24 is also a hit. Uh, first damage is 14. And the second damage is also 14. Okay. As you swing stick forward, the heat emanated from this creature's body scorches at your arms. You take six points of fire damage. Anything else for your turn? I am going to bonus action dash around the side of the creature. Just to another position. Okay. Having never left its melee, it does not get an attack of opportunity. That's it for your turn. Yep. Bring us to Shatton, hiding up in a tree. He's going <coughs> going to throw a dagger at it. Psychic dagger. You don't say. Well, I do. I thought you might throw some bits and bobs and things to annoy Vice with. Nope, not quite yet. That'd be 19 to hit. 19 is a hit. Okay. And that is going to be 14 points of psychic damage for the first dagger. Did you attack on your sneak attack? Oh, oh wait, you're right. You're, no, I forgot to attack on my dexterity damage. Uh, yeah, 
sorry, uh, 19 points of psychic damage. You're still not attacking in your your sneak attack? That is with my sneak attack. Ouch, that hurts. Well, uh, the other times I've hit in the past was with my sharpshooter, which adds 10 to it. Still, the, the yeah. mini rabbit nuke usually performs. Yeah. All right, and your second? Yeah, that one I'll throw on the sharpshooter for. Okay. And that's a nat one. All right, so for a negative four, you definitely miss. Mm. Yep. No one in your line of fire. You got lucky. Anything else for your turn? Uh, she's going to use her movement to get out of the get get out of the tree onto the ground. All right. So about fifteen feet of movement to get down to the ground safely. And then she'll take another fifteen towards it. Okay. That'll end your turn. Yep. All right, bringing us to Vice. I've seen this thing spouting flames, right? You, it's melting the snow around it actively. And yes, you do see some flames spouting from its spine. Um, then we're going to cast Chromatic Orb. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. With do cold, I need to with cold damage for 25 to hit as you send forth a chromatic orb it appears to be absorbed into the creature's body That'll end my turn. Okay. Bringing us to Celine. Um, I am going to attempt to use my tail this time to attack it. Okay. Are you going to move it all? Um. Say to a perfect flanking position. Oh, I'm not in flanking right now? Nope. You need to be oh. perfectly diagonal to... You need to be perfectly across to manage flanking. Like right there? Yep. Okay. So you're going to start with your tail? Yeah. Go for it. And that's with advantage, right? Or... Yep, that's at advantage. be at 22 22 is a hit for my first okay and the second Uh, that's a 21 second it's a 21 yeah that's also a hit go ahead and roll damage on both attacks for the first. Okay. Oh, and then an additional six. Okay. And then I attack one more time, right? 
Yep. Okay. And you can use either your claws or your bite. I'm gonna attempt to use my claws. Okay. That's a 23. That's a hit. And that's a 2d6. Be nine additional points of damage. Okay. And that'll be the end of my turn. Okay. As you pierce into this creature's body, you once again feel the heat emanated from it, and you take 16 points of fire damage. Bringing us to the creature itself. Its intelligence is shit. You're dealing... You're... you're yeah, you're, you're still its focus, so it's going to attempt to bite you, Selene. For a 30 to hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Okay. You take 42 points of piercing damage. And you are currently grappled by the creature. Okay. That will end its turn, bring us to the top of the turn order with Moss. From my vantage point, I would be able to see, like, her biting the thing is causing damage. Yes. Okay. That case... Here. And... I'm going to chuck Glacius Tooth at it. Okay. For a 20-something hit. 20-something hits. And then recall it and throw it back at it. Are you at a if, point where you have two attacks? I have multi-attack, and I haven't used my bonus action. I was just going to see if it worked. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, it burns your bonus action to recall it. Yep. So, and it blinks back to you, so yes. And that's a higher to hit. Uh, higher hits. Alright. So the first hit deals... Uh, nine points of piercing and eight points of cold. Mm -hmm. And the second hit deals nine points of piercing and 15 points of cold. Okay. Each time you throw Glacius Tooth, it impacts with the creature and you see a burst of frosty air explode outward from the weapon and attempt to penetrate into the wound that it has that the 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 wound that the weapon has caused however as this cloud of frost attempts to penetrate it is almost instantly dissipated before it can meet the skin 
Okay. Anything else for your turn? Nope. Okay. Bringing us to Gurn. Gurn is going to drop stick and pull Glaive out and swing from a reach distance. Okay. So you're going to step back to do this? Yep. Okay, cool. Go ahead and roll, roll to attack. And I'm going to concentrate on swinging on this thing's legs. I want to see if I can decapitate. Throw it off balance. Alright. So you're aiming specifically for the legs? Yep. Go ahead and roll to attack. Keep in mind you do not have advantage right now. Uh, 26. 26 hits. Go ahead and do um, go ahead and roll damage. That is going to be 11 for my first. Okay. So as you swing on your first, uh, with your first swing with the glaive, you run it forward and low to try to hit one of its myriad legs, and you actually slice off three in the process. And this thing does lose its balance a little bit and starts to pick itself back up. All right. My second attack, I'm going to go for more legs. Okay, go ahead and roll to attack. And that is the same roll. Okay. Are you aiming on the same side of the creature's body? Yes. Okay. And that is... 12 damage. All right. Let me check something real quick. Interesting. All right. So as you go in for your second swing, you take off four legs this time. And the entire... That... that that quarter of the creature's body collapses to the ground and its head swings sideways. Celine, you are released from its jaws and thrown to the side 15 feet. Need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, I got an 11. Okay. You take one point of bludgeoning damage as one of your ankles hits a rock, but your feline instincts manage to allow you to land on your feet. You've been released from the creature's jaws. Anything else for your turn, Gurn? Gurn is going to bonus action dash and just make his way around to the opposite side of where his head was, but staying within that distance that I was attacking him in. Okay, so you're kind of just trying to move over to a different section of the body? Yep. Yeah. All right. Shatton, you're up. Now, you said that it fell over. Does that mean it's prone? I'm not calling it prone, but part of its body did hit the ground. Okay. 
you have to imagine this creature is a 20-ish foot long centipede. Oh, I'm trying not to imagine that. Yes. So it has been knocked off balance, but it is not prone. Gotcha. I'm going to uh, sharpshooter my uh, dagger. Okay. Psychic dagger into it. Yes! 18! I rolled a 15 plus 3. <laughs> okay, 18 hits. And still have my uh, sneak attack. Now that's what I'm talking about. 29 points of psychic damage. That's a bit more like it. All right. Anything else for your turn? Yep. I'm going to bonus action my second dagger, also a sharpshooter. Okay. And that's a 13. 13 does not hit. Uh, anything for your movement? Or is that it for today? That's it for now. Actually, I'm going to move up just behind uh, Gert. Not within okay. range. Just... There we go. So directly behind Gurn. Yep. Okay. Bring us to Vice. Has this thing been tracking with its eyes? Since it's been above ground, has it been looking at where it's attacking? Yes. Okay. Where is it currently looking? Uh, at the moment, it is looking in the general direction of Selene. As it has okay. just hit, it is as it has just been thrown off balance and been forced to release her and toss her. Its head is pointed in Celine's direction. It is not looking towards you. Okay. Hold action. Magic missile. Second level. Empowered. Until I see its face, and if it doesn't turn its face, then I'm letting it fly at the back of its head. Okay. And that's your turn. Okay, cool. I should be more specific. I'll be targeting its eyes with magic missile. And if I can't I get a shot at its eyes, I'll be shooting it in the back of the head. Okay. Lincoln I mean, style, bitch. I mean, it's magic missile. You can technically aim for its eyes even if you can't see them. It has to be a target you can see within range. If I'm targeting its eyes, I can't see its eyes. That's fair. Okay. All right, and that brings us to Celine. Um, so I am going to shift out of my beast of nature and back to my draw form. Is that an action? I believe. Wild shape. It takes a bonus action normally. However, yeah, it takes a bonus action to dismiss it. Okay. Um... So it'd still leave your action to do whatever you need to. 
I'm going to cast uh, Call Lightning. Oh shit. Okay. So each creature within five feet of that point must make a dexterity saving throw. All right. So you, at the moment, no one can actually see Celine. But above you, you all see a massive storm cloud suddenly materialize in the sky above you as a massive lightning bolt drops from the heavens down onto this creature. This creature is so large, Celine, you can easily pick a point anywhere, almost anywhere on this creature and not have it hit an ally. Needs to roll a deck save. Yes. All right, it is off balance, so we will be throwing at disadvantage for a natural one. Yeah, that fails. I, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, I got it. So I got... That will be 15 points of lightning damage. Uh, okay. All right, that's all I'm going to do right now. So you watch as this creature, suddenly having a lightning bolt dropped onto the center of its body, its head rears upward, screeching up towards the sky and turns towards Gurn, the man who chopped off its legs. Vice, your held action. Takes 10 points of forcing your force damage to its eyes. That's it? Just 10? Yeah, even empowered. I re-rolled three ones, and guess how many ones I got after re-rolling three? Three! three. I'm sorry. All right. It's going to turn to you, Gurn, and attempt to bite you. For a 16 to hit. It does not hit. Alright. That is going to end its turn. Bring us to Moss. Uh. Bonus action recall the, uh. Recall Glacius Tooth. Yep. And then we're going to try and bane it again. All right. Charisma saving throw. It rolled a nine. Uh, it's baned. All right. Currently baned. So that's a negative D4 on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this turn. All right, bringing us to Gurn. Gurn is going to go for some more legs, this time on the opposite side. Are you going to be using the glaive again? Oh, yeah. Are you yeah, going to Yeah, Dick is still on the ground over there. Yeah. You gonna do it from your current position? I'm gonna just uh, yeah, because it would have it would have reared its head over towards me, so the other side of its leg should be exposed, right? 
Yeah, go ahead and roll your attack at disadvantage. First attack is still an 18 to hit. That does not hit. And the second is a 17 to hit. That will not hit. All right. Gurn is going to bonus action dash. And I'm actually going to step away from the creature All right. to here. As it is focused on you, it is going to attempt to strike you as you run away. Disadvantage. At disadvantage, it still rolled a 25 to hit. It hits. Okay. Give me two seconds. take 51 points of piercing damage and you are now grappled by the creature. Uh, Alright. Taking us to Shatton. Okay. <clears throat> I'm about to do something pretty stupid and cool at the same time. I can pull this off. Gimme. Okay. You said it's 20 feet long, right? Approximately. Okay. I'm going to use my movement and bonus action dash to attempt to run, jump up on the slowest part of its body, and run up its back to the, to, to the top of its head. Go ahead and roll me an acrobatics check. Here. And that is going to be... 30. Holy motherfucker. Yeah. You nimbly run forward, jump onto its back, and run up the length of its body up to its head, where you see Gurn currently clenched in its jaws. However, you take 12 points of fire damage as your feet are burning while in contact with the creature's body. You still have an action. And I'm going to uh, use my rapier. And the stab into the top of its head. Okay, go ahead and roll to attack. Uh, and I get sneak attack with that? Uh, technically, there's an ally within five feet of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 23 points of uh, piercing. Uh, roll to attack. Oh, attack. <clears throat> oh, damn. My brain's fried right now. Uh, that would be 19. 19 hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Still not too shabby. 18 points of uh, piercing damage. Shatton, why don't you go ahead and describe to us, just, just paint us the word picture of how you murder this humongous centipede. He's going to Dip in low, going towards the middle of its body. She's going to do a quick uh, side flip onto its uh, back. Grab Using her uh, foot claw, she's going to grab footing and then make a dash straight up its spine. 
when she gets to the top of the head, she gives a four a little four foot jump and just comes straight down with the rapier into the top of his head. Just stabbing it straight into its brain. Okay. How long is your rapier? Oh, I would say about two and a half feet. Or well, actually no, actually because I'm a rabbit, I would say maybe about about two feet. Okay. Why don't you roll a D four for me? Uh, four. Four? Yep. Okay. Gurn, you take two points of piercing damage as you are stabbed in the shin by Shatten's rapier as it pierces through the top of this creature's head. And Shatten, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. And that's going to be a 14. You take three points of bludgeoning damage as this creature, now dead, collapses to the ground. Uh, if I failed it, I actually get a, a d4 to add to that. You actually succeeded. Oh. <laughs> and took half damage. Fair enough. Oh. I rolled okay, a six. Uh, oh, and you took uh, half damage. Did my evasion kick in for that? I mean, it is a dex save, so why not? Wait, I don't... Oh, I don't have evasion yet. Never mind. Fine. You take three points of bludgeoning damage and get on with it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the creature collapses to the ground and you are tossed from its head. Your rapier comes along with you as you have decided not to let go of it. Gurn, you are somehow cushioned by the interior of this creature's mouth. As it hits the ground, its jaws open and you are released. This creature now lies bleeding out in the snow and well there is no snow around it as its body is thoroughly melted all the snow around you and as it bleeds out as the blood comes into contact with the earth around you you can see the various plant life beginning to smolder and steam as it is exposed to this extreme heat and as you all stand around the now lifeless carapace of this living nightmare. That is where we're going to end tonight's session. I am sorry, Vice. Dude, it fucking sucks having three melee fucking party members and my only two damages that aren't AoE are fire and uh, fire and force. Like, those are literally my only two damage types that aren't AoE. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, this creature made the most sense to the region. Um, and yeah, it is thoroughly immune to both cold and fire. It has no other resistances or immunities. Just cold and fire, so... And then you rolled like absolute dog shit on that uh, magic missile. Uh, by the way, rapiers can't be shorter than three feet. Otherwise, they're not rapiers. And I'm a, a rapier that's rabbit. under three feet is a cutlass. Which would that's still be classified as a rapier in this game rapier. because there isn't a stat block for a cutlass. 
Yeah, but it's not technically a rapier if it's under three feet. Look, I don't care. I still had him roll the damage against Gurn. I still I'm, called that it I'm pierced I'm just saying, if dude's got a fucking tiny dick rapier, it ain't a rapier. Oh it's God. it's just a needle. It's a needle dick. Fuck that I think thing. he was referring to the uh, sword from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Needle. I'm not a nerd. I haven't watched all of it. Anyway. Thank you for listening to Night All Nerds. Hopefully we'll catch you on the next episode. Oh, we will. Probably will. I guess. Have a good night, guys. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, that was going to be a stupid but magnificent uh, attempt. Hey, I'm, that was awesome. <laughs>